Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. Hit that thumbs up for me at the bottom of this video. We have Bob Wankel coming on at 1230. He'll give us a little handicap and preview of the Cardinals and then a little preview of the Cardinals because uh, it's Cardinals week here in Philadelphia. Uh, a little programming note. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, you know I'm working off of an Xfinity Wi-Fi hotspot. We pride ourselves on being relatable in this show. And I know everyone can relate to Comcast giving it to you right up the ass. So let's bring on Kevin Kincaid, who, you know what, might have to go 55 minutes by himself if, if this internet craps out. Uh, Comcast guy came yesterday. The whole cable wire is fucked. It's just absolutely like they have to bring in now a contractor yeah. to come get the Wi-Fi. I was like, can you yeah. at least put the Internet in? He goes, can't even touch it because, God forbid, you, they, they do something around here. So, hey, listen, everyone can relate. Everyone can can has their own Comcast or Verizon story and whatnot. But uh, we'll do it live. That's what they're telling you, man. That's a story they gave you. <laughs> yeah, I oh, might the be wiring. on some blacklist. Yeah, the wiring's not. Yeah, my ass, it's not working. It's just because you're a former employee and they're out to get you, you know. Quiet firing is now a big thing. Did you hear about that? Uh, if I piss you off yeah. and you stop talking to me, you just want me to kind of just yeah. go away and, and find another job. So I'll be monitoring that uh, very closely. Quiet firing and quiet quitting. Yeah, two pheno phenomenons. Phenomena? What's the plural of phenomenon? I think it's phenomena. But yeah, no, I think you're on the I think you're still on the list, man. I think the technician got instructions from their supervisor hey this this guy bullshitted us in the past like you're gonna tell him that the wire that the wire's messed i'm sure the wire's absolutely fine i mean it's 2022 you know if, if the uh they're telling you that you know something's wrong i actually i thought i had this idea once i ha i kept doing this amazing typo back in the day you remember when uh when avengers uh infinity war came out never seen it but i do I kept writing Xfinity instead of uh, Infinity, right? Yeah, but it gave On me purpose? no, no, an accident because I kept, I like, I kept seeing the Xfinity commercials, and I kept, I wrote like in a story, I wrote like Avengers Xfinity War or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I thought that might be a good idea for a movie one of these days. It's it's Thanos just on the phone with Comcast for two hours waiting waiting to talk to a human. It's yeah. probably the most relatable movie <laughs> in the MCU universe. Yeah, whoever yeah. figures out, you know how like Uber disrupted. And that, that mattress company disrupted the landscape of like mattresses and shit. Casper, I think it was called. <laughs> Whoever figures out TV, streaming, internet is going to be the first or second or third trillionaire yeah. in this world. Because yeah. the fact that we still have this billion dollar company and, and, and we're still at their beck and call and it's been around for 60 yeah. 70 years is absolutely wild i'm close to um, cutting i'm close to cutting the cord though i mean we're yeah, but then it. you pay all that money for all the streaming services and shit so it's basically like you're doing the same thing no i know i know it's it's annoying but like you're you're like um yeah you're kind of in the middle because you 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 know they start to move everything off to these like a la carte offerings you know it's like the the final straw for me was like they're taking all the mls games you know so you can watch a philadelphia union mm -hmm on PHL 17 now, but they're moving it all to Apple TV plus next year. So that's like the last thing that you can't get that you needed, you know, of, you know, Fios or Comcast for, unless you wanted to watch on the union website. So that's coming off there too. You got NBC sports, Philadelphia, you can get Sixers in and all your stuff on like YouTube TV or whatever now. So it's yeah. like, what do you really need? But is there a delay? That's the one thing that I hate when I'm on NBC Sports, yeah. the app, because yeah. I'll have one game on the TV and then I'll have maybe the app. Yeah, They're behind about like sometimes like 30, 45 seconds. And in our world, yeah. you know, the first person to get a, a social clip up usually gets, you know. It doesn't boost. matter. Well, yeah, and it doesn't matter to me anymore because like for Eagles games now, I, I log off of Twitter. Like sure. I try to like stay away from it, you know. But legal, like live, you know, live sports betting for sure. You know, if you if you feel like, if you see quarterback goes down, it's like, bam, bam, you're logging in. You're trying to get that shit up before they the, the odds change on you. You know, yeah, I mean, True. that's a thing for sure. But it doesn't – I mean, at least the way that I consume it, it doesn't matter because I'm always constantly, like, like rewinding and fast-forwarding, rewinding, like, looking at plays and, like, I have a laptop up, so it doesn't really matter. But I'd be interested to see how many, how many Philly sports fans think that watching the delay on the stream is, like, a significant thing that impacts – you know, like a decision whether to go with like YouTube TV versus keeping. Yeah, you you think um, so? Um, I'm I'm raising my hand for that one. Yeah, I really. That's why I'm getting cable. 
Like I did, I lived for about a month and a half on the fire stick and yeah. NBC sports and uh, the NBC app and stuff. And you're always just behind a lot of times. Um, I guess my, what my wife watches like uh, Bravo or like housewives yeah. or some shit, but I think she can get all that now on uh, like Hulu or Peacock or something you, like that. Do you watch? No, I, by proxy, I know, I know who all the people are though. Do you have she, a favorite? She, watched, she watched so many, so much like Vanderpump rules and all that yeah. shit, you know, that do I can favorite housewife city. Do I have a favorite housewife city? Yeah. Um, I guess Beverly Hills because they got the British chick who's really funny. Okay. Who, uh, okay. They uh, also got uh, uh back in back in your your era the nineties. Uh, she yeah. was huge in the nineties. She dated Charlie Sheen. Uh, her Denise sister. Richards. Uh, yeah, Denise Richards. Denise yeah, Richards. Yeah, yeah. And they have yeah, her yeah. sister on it and stuff. I mean, yeah. New Jersey. They're the Patriots. Oh, Jersey. Of- yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember we. Uh, at Eyewitness News, we were doing stories about that, like when the lady flipped the table over, yeah. and like, and then her husband went to jail for like tax evasion or some yeah. shit. You and know, she had yeah, to go to jail too because she signed off on the papers. Yeah. I have a I have a guilty uh, pleasure for Housewives. Yeah. My I, my girlfriend watches Bravo, uh, yeah. Housewives, uh, Southern Charm, Summer they House. Love that shit, you man. give they it love to me. That. You give me, you give me Summer House. I will watch Summer House. Paige. Yeah, she thought. You know, it's funny because like she admits that it's trash TV, but like Mm -hmm. you know, everybody everybody has like that like like bullshit release that they that they do. Like for for us, it's like what like sitting there playing playing PlayStation or something. Sports is a reality show. We do have our bullshit release where we watch grown men who a lot of us are older than throw around a football and run around a football and shoot a basketball into a hoop. That's our trash reality TV. Tom Brady getting divorced. <laughs> like 40 year old men happening? are like more yeah that's like supposedly happening 40 year old men 45 year old men are more worried yeah. about tom brady getting divorced and their fantasy team and how it will impact that than they are about like the nuclear war that we might be going on yeah uh, that's true yeah so marco just just chimed in where the hell is kyle in quotations as a comcast middle manager three years ago while kyle was quiet quitting in the back of the office kitchen while doing an article this uh <laughs> article about ben simmons 2019 this is actually a real probably story this actually uh, is like a real thing that probably happened but quiet quitting man you know quite quitting um, yeah yeah i think i'm quiet quitting on the on the flyers before the season even starts you know well i'll tell you else who quiet quit on the flyers the the guy running the blog whoever's running the blog <laughs> so if you didn't if you didn't listen to the last episode broad broad street hockey buzz uh a fan-sided network uh they got hacked by a disgruntled employee uh the uh twitter account was posting porn was posting feed pics was posting all this shit they nuke the whole twitter account yeah twitter account comes back 48 hours later the same hacker got into the fucking account and was posting <laughs> porn feed pics. Uh, you got hacked mails and stuff yeah, and just yeah. calling for uh, someone's someone's head on yeah, it. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know this fan side th- threatened. I don't know if they threatened to sue, but they they reached out to the Liberty Line guys. They didn't come. They didn't reach out to us, but they reached out to the Liberty Line guys who who wrote something and threatened <laughs> to take legal action if they didn't take a certain uh, line out of their out of their blog. One that said uh, they they pay children to write. I guess it was like libel in a way. Oh, they th- so they th- they threatened Liberty Line, but they didn't yeah. come after us. They didn't come after us because I think they knew that like we're <laughs> we're huge and we probably have lawyers on staff. Where I don't think Drew yeah. Smith is hiring many lawyers on staff. Maybe he's oh, got they a were cousin. going after Drew. Yeah, yeah, they're going after Drew. Maybe he's got a cousin who's a lawyer, and he's like, "Hey, yeah. man, I need you to work on uh, retainer right now. I need you to work oh. on pro bono, actually." Um, but yeah, I mean, don't you guys yeah. have bigger fish to fry? You know, the guy who's posting porn, who's posting. Uh, yeah. Who's supposed to feed pics on, on, on your Twitter account? I don't think you have to go after the Liberty line. Yeah, this is it right here. Yeah. Uh, so 48 hours later, it's been 10 minutes since round three of the hack attack began on this account. Nobody's doing anything. <laughs> Stop jerking off to my porn pics. You've been hacked. Yeah, yeah. You know how this ends? It ends with the hacker or the disgruntled. It could be a disgruntled former employee who somehow still has access if they didn't like cut off access somehow. But this probably ends with this person just getting bored. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and just go, just going away. Yeah, I mean, because you know, if that happened to us, it would be like shut it all down. I'd be on the phone with like three people immediately, and we'd be resetting all the passwords and like going through all that shit. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> the funny part too is that the first time it got hacked, they went on for like thirteen hours before anybody did anything. Yeah. You know, like I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it was the same thing. You know, so fan side of just asleep at the wheel on the social media account. They probably shouldn't have kids allegedly. Allegedly yeah. running the social media account. Yeah, allegedly, right? It's allegedly. not libel if you're just reporting what somebody else is saying, right? It's not us. Yeah. It's not crossing broad or the liberty line saying 
that fans cited hires children to write for Broad Street Buzz. We are reporting on what the hacker said. We don't so, need John then, Morgan in our email. No. But right. then all your priorities screwed up. It's like, you know, when I do, when I, when we do, or I did the NBC Sports Philadelphia, like big expose a couple of years ago. And then it's like the, you know, the managers try to what find was that about? sources. And it was just about how kind of like things were shitty down there. And, you know, they weren't, they didn't really trust management. They didn't know what their direction was. It was when a bunch of um, uh, people asked uh, or, or it was when a bunch of people were getting laid off or whatever, right? Yeah. Originally, it's like, oh, it's shitty to work down here. So they came to us and then we did an expose on that. But oh, like, so they're trying to find the leak. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to find the source. But isn't that like, isn't that like a like a fugazi um, response? Like somebody does something like that, and your first response is to like go after your employees and find the find the leak. Versus thinking like, oh, why are they talking shit about us <laughs> in the first place? You know, maybe if we ran like a decent company here, our employees wouldn't be going to Crossing Broad <laughs> and and asking them to like do an expose. You know what I mean? So um, real quick though, Darren says, did you get the switch to work? No, I'm I didn't get to finish it before. Uh, the uh, the internet, the switch that controls the internet and all that stuff is on the same breaker circuit as the bathroom light. I went to Twitter again to ask for electrical help because they, they helped me. They helped me rewire my my uh, weight room uh, last you year. You have two children, two young children. Yeah. And can they get to a switch that could absolutely just nuke the internet in your house? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that I have a bathroom that I'm. I have a bathroom light that's connected to the fan at the same time. It's really, really annoying. So every time you turn the switch on, yeah, here you go. Every time I turn the switch on, I just hear like in the in the back. So I want to separate the fan and the light and put them on two different switches so I can just turn the light on. So I can just take a leak with the light on. I don't have to hear the fan at the same time. So I, I had I had something similar where. Apparently, there's a ton of electricians on Twitter who really helped me out the last time, and I rewired something in the in the basement. So I went to them this time again to to do it. I think I got it. I got to take the I got to put the ground wire on the green, the bare copper, and then I got it. I have a uh, two brass and a, and a black. I got to redo. So is this yeah. what I have to look forward to owning a house? If you don't hear from me for the after this, is I electrocuted myself. I'm dead. <laughs> Do I am I next in line? Do I get editor privileges? And you can't. No, first of all, you can't die because I don't have editor privileges. <laughs> so I can't post ant stuff. I can't post Bob Wagner stuff. I can't post Cog stuff. Before I, I turn the breaker, yeah. Before I turn the breaker box back on, I'll make sure I give you like WordPress administration or something like that, just in case I electrocute myself. You know, uh, I thank you, Darren. I appreciate. It. Darren says DM me if you need more help. It's all good. I just have to pull the black wires out of the other one and like curl them around the new one. I think so. Um, Yes, Blackie Lawless is Peter. I'm repping Wasp today. Blackie Lawless was the singer for Wasp. Yeah, people do love your shirts, man. Uh, I don't know anything about any of them, but they do love your shirts. These guys were like an old school '80s uh, rock and roll heavy metal band. They were kind of they were kind of like an Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, a little a little more like raw or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad I'm just glad so, I'm glad somebody knows who they are. So that's all I that's all I can ask for at this stage, Pagan. You know, you know who. Uh, who made a little bit of a, a stink, or not a stink, but some headlines with their other shirts? Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So we saw that yesterday. Um, it was well, an the interesting. Media was asking him about the shirt yeah. from the Manning cast, right? Well, this is what happened. So the thing, the thing I most love about Philly, and it's why it's such a great, it's a great place to to host a show, is because they give a shit like this. That you know, whether you're zero and four or whether you're four and zero. Equals fans, the media, someone will always find a controversy to talk about in this city. Um, I th- I'm sure everyone almost saw it, but if they haven't, um, Jalen Hurts yesterday, after his 10-minute press conference, told the media that basically they were taking the Arizona Cardinals too lightly and that he was not asked any questions about the Arizona Cardinals and basically the LeBron James in the finals walking off with the uh, the briefcase, be better tomorrow. Um Obviously, people on Twitter who are not the media took Jalen Hurts' side. He's a 4-0 quarterback in this city. Uh, you came out with a video of your own that I know got a little bit of pushback from people. Yeah. Um, here's what I kind of think before we get into you. In Jalen Hurts' eyes, they're all rat poison. You mentioned that in the video. Nick Saban has always, always preached that. Um and he and Jalen Hurts has taken that from Alabama to Oklahoma to now the Eagles. The thing with me though is where I kind of see and I kind of 
agree with Hertz is we had four questions on the Manning cast. We had one about Ertz. We had one about Kyler Murray. One guy asked him about the the fucking wing T. Like, what the fuck does Jalen Hurts care about Tubby Raymond and the wing T? And then we got two questions about yeah. Tom Brady. The beats were kind of just all over the place. I know you've talked about this before in different senses where it was like we had 15 minutes with Markel Fultz. We can't be asking bullshit questions and stuff. Now, this is different. You get to talk to this guy every single week. Yeah. I think mostly the Hurts comments after the uh, press conference say more about him than it does about the media. I think yeah. he's focused. I think he's the perfect QB to have when your team is 4-0. I think it's a lot harder to do extra reps or watch extra film when you're 4-0 versus own 4. So when the leader of your team is doing it, uh, it kind of makes the other guys want to do it too. So he's kind of nipping it in the butt, bulletin board material kind of and whatnot. But, and again, you said it was kind of a, a nothing burger. So what did you kind of think of this whole, this whole, I don't know, nothing burger on, on a Wednesday? Wait, is that like you're saying nip, nipping it in the butt? See, someone else yelled at me. It's nipping it in the bud. It's always going to be nipping it in the butt to me. The butt, but did you like grow up saying that, or did people around you say that growing yeah. up? Nip, nip it in the butt. All okay. intensive purposes or all intensive purposes. All intensive. Like that? Yeah. Per- yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's just I just I just find that funny. I don't. If we have the video, we can play it. I'm not sure if we do, but um, which one? Uh, the Jalen Hurts one or the yeah, just him. The so right. So unprompted after the midweek press conference, he gets up and says that you know we're blah 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 about the Cardinals. Um, uh, you know they're a good football team or whatever. Like paraphrasing, right? You know, and uh, yeah, we don't want to set. A, what did he say about a precedent? We don't want to set a precedent for that. Yeah, we're taking these guys like too easy, basically. That's what. It, yeah. That's what it kind of was like. They're a good team. Which I, I kind of agree there's with. A like, leap, there's a leap in logic there because, like, just because the media didn't ask him about the car. Okay, here we go. Let's see if we can get the audio to play here. No, we can't because Dave's behind the screen, so uh, we kind of just got to go by ourselves. So, what I really want to know is, like, you're the, the you're the you're the oh, big right. J. You're the yeah. big J on the program. Yeah. You know, you've covered you've covered uh, the Union. You've covered the Sixers. Take kind of the approach from like a beat perspective when you know you rather ask Manning cast questions than you would ask about the Cardinals on a, on a Wednesday in. October. I don't know if the questions that he got in this press conference were amazing necessarily yeah. anyway. Like, you know, I mean, it's just kind of, I personally, like if I can go really macro here, I think the midweek press conferences are kind of useless. Um, you know, the best quotes. Would you, you, would you say that a majority of press conferences are, are useless during the season? The midweek ones definitely are okay. the, the best stuff that you typically get. Like if you look at like arbitrarily rank, like the best quotes that you get from players and coaches throughout the season, you would say right after the game, post game, mm-hmm. you would say day after, right? Because it's still fresh. You're asking about specific instances that happened in a game. Um, and then you would go to like individual, maybe national media kind of interviews where it's a one-on-one kind of thing or you get exclusivity. And it's not like a scrum and it's not people yelling over each other to get questions. And so like Nick Sirianni on McAfee show yesterday, yeah. you know, like he's a dog, you know, like you get like good good stuff out of that too but like yeah the midweek press conferences are weird because you're kind of too far away from the game you just played to ask more questions about that game sorry and then you're um you know you're probably too far away from the arizona game for anybody to really give a shit you know what i mean so there's like multiple layers here but my my like problem with it or the thing that like bugs me is like some of these fans say oh jalen hurts like really uh, you know like gave it to the media you know he, he told him what was up i'm like i okay it's not the, the reason that I think that they didn't ask about the Arizona Cardinals games because nobody gives a shit because Hertz isn't really going to say anything interesting anyway. Um, you know, hey, what do you think about the Cardinals coming up? Well, you know, they're a good team. We're going to take them seriously. You know, we're looking at the film. We got a lot of words. I mean, like 99 times out of 100, that's that's a question that doesn't really get much of an answer anyway. Would you but, agree yeah. that there could have been there could have been better questions, though, where it's yeah. like a uh, oh, lot yeah. of lot of injuries on the line. How would you how, how do you think it'll affect your timing back there? Or, hey, J.J. Watt got his heart shocked. Do you think he's a football yeah. guy because he, yeah. he's risking blood clots <laughs> over the health yeah. and yeah, safety? Yeah. Of him? Yeah, no, I mean, if you if you if you ask specifics, if you go, if you say if you can formulate something where it's like a, uh, you know, hey, they like to go, you know, five two overhang and they line J.J. Watt up. I'm just making shit up. I don't know if they yeah. do that. But they go five two overhang and they move J.J. Watt around, but they also have that box safety coming down. I mean, what do you see from them in film? You can try to get more specific stuff out of them. You ask more detailed questions, but more often than not with Jalen, he doesn't really give you a lot of that anyway. Um, so I think but the he, beats no, are but he had, operating. But, 
what about the Giants game last year? You always you you always yeah. come back and you reference this yeah. this clip where it's like he gave a great uh it was the Giants game last year. He missed Dallas, got it wide open in the end zone, gave to Quez Watkins. They they kick a field goal, could have put him in the ass and ended up not doing it. But he's talked about yeah. seven brackets and breaking it down. He gave an amazing detailed yeah. explanation of that, but you know what happened, Pagan? Like a bunch of people just came out and said, I don't fucking believe him. So it's like That's true. Can't have, you can't have it both ways. Like We've been working, I don't, not we, I'm not an Eagles beat. I'm saying like the media has been working on Jalen Hurts to try to get him to open up a little bit more because he comes from the Nick Saban school of like their media's rat poison and this is a distraction and whatever. I think he's like a little standoffish with the media, even though they, he's, he's not like sitting in front of like the January 6th commission, right? I mean, like he's taking questions from like Jeff McClain and Zach Berman. And like for the most part, like the stuff that they ask him is pretty benign. Like it's not challenging yeah. or difficult or what, you know? So, but, but he seems kind of like, like distant from that. So Jeff actually got that really, really, really good good um you know quote out of him last year was like hey we had we had two brackets here my second read was here blah blah and this whole detailed thing and then a bunch of fans just said i don't believe him he's just making that shit up so it's like oh my god i mean like we got finally got something amazing out of him then people are just just choose not to believe it so my problem is like people telling the media like how to do their job or like you got to ask this question you got to ask that question like i don't think the questions that that people asked in that press conference yesterday were amazing but I know that that Arizona question is typically like a throwaway question every week. Andy Reid used to go up there every week and say, like, you know, <clears throat> you know, we look forward to the challenge of playing the Cardinals and blah, blah. Like they're, you're really not going to get any – they're not going to give away anything amazing. Like, hey, we're going to attack, you know, the free safety because his lateral range sucks ass. Like they're not going to give you any of that kind of stuff. You can try to get more specific stuff and better out of it. But, like, Jalen Hurts isn't teaching – the media like a, a lesson they can ask whatever the hell they want to ask the questions weren't amazing but at the same time like we're not like lacking because nobody asked him about the freaking arizona cardinals right so i, I don't I, I just think that the thing that bothers me a little bit is like like people don't get imagine somebody goes into your place of work and says do your job you're not doing it the right way like they're beholden to like their readers and their editors and they all have their different strategies and different questions that they want to ask i don't think i, I you know it's like it's it's a lot of people just don't know how it works and why it works. You know, I, I imagine that they probably don't ask Hertz a lot of that kind of stuff because they probably don't get they know they're not going to get anything out of him in the first place. So that's that's my only gripe there. Like people telling the media how to how do, do you job. they don't need anybody to tell them how to do their job. You know. Oh, no. Dad, how do you how do you pull out of out of. Uh... No, I think I'm coming back. Are oh, you coming back? All right. There you go. Uh oh. Oh, you froze for me. See, I can hear you talking, but I can't see you moving. So am I going to have to vamp here? I just see your eyes closed. Oh, we lost him. No, we lost him. I oh, know. Let's put him back in the stream here. There he is. Hey, how's your, is your back. jet back working? Yeah. Last one, too. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you went. To... Oh, no. Are we losing you again? Comcast. They're throttling you live in the show. I think they're throttling him, Dave. All right, so I'm going to have to vamp here. Um, I think Bob is coming on anyway, but um, no, it doesn't It doesn't really matter. I mean, like, you, I think the thing with Jalen is that, you know, you come from, from the Nick Saban school of um, – they, they just they, – they, they're not – it's not like an anti-media thing. Really. It's like we're focused on football, you know, next game up, you know, dog men mentality kind of all, all business, you know, and I think – you know, they teach them that the media is a distraction and like, don't worry too much about what they're saying and just focus on yourself or whatever. I think sometimes that manifests in like a, just this, you know, standoffish kind of nature where you're skeptical of the media and you think that like, there's a ulterior motive here. People are out to get you or they're looking for like gotcha questions or something. You know, there was like the one question that Bo Wolf, I think asked during training camp, like, Hey, you're best friends with uh, AJ Brown. Now, does that mean you're not, friends with Devante Smith. It's just a throwaway, like goofy ass question, but like he was defensive about, it. he didn't really get mm. the question. And so I think, I think like if, if Jalen just kind of like understood a little bit more about the, the local, the local media and like understood that like, Hey, these guys are, it's not all like, you know, we're not always trying to look for a quote. We're not trying to like, like get gotcha, you know, it's stuff like that. I think, I think because you come out of the, the Saban mindset, it's like you, you naturally think that just everybody's like, I don't know, out to get you or something like that. So I, I, think, I, I think it's, I think it's less about Jalen. So I think it's more of a product of like being in that Alabama system. And they just, they're, they're always that way with, with the public, you know, it's, and it's not just, uh, here's my final point. Yeah. It's not just like the Eagles beats, right? Like he, he was like qu a little quiet and reserved even on the Manning cast too, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, 
it's just kind of his nature. I think that part of that is because he came through that Alabama system and that's just how they are. How would you get a, an, an athlete to open up? Like how, like what would someone like put your shoes on uh, in like the Sixers and stuff? Like how would you get an athlete to open up? And do you think, you know, if it put yourself also this two part question in the Eagles uh, kind of shoes where it's like, do you think in the off season, if he continues to remain successful and he does get signed to like an extension, would they kind of be like, all right, it benefits you this way to be more open and it benefits you this way yeah. to not yeah. be as open. What do you you can have a you could have a larger conversation here too about like does does it fucking matter what he says to the media? No, probably not. Does he have to talk to the media? No, but he's gonna be like he's gonna be the franchise. He's he's on a path to be the franchise quarterback for many years. And like whether or not he's gonna have to be the face of the team and the quarterback has to talk to the media after the game and at midweek and whatnot. So what I would do to answer the question. Number one, I get them on the crossing broadcast with you and me. I think we're really easy with people, and they open up a little bit. Uh, we're not stiff. We're not stiff. We don't have a stick up our ass. But um, what what they do do, Pagans, is that they they a lot of times will do like off record uh, get to know you kind of mm-hmm. thing. Just bring in a bunch of media. Hey, we're gonna sit here and have lunch. We're just gonna bullshit. We're gonna talk for like an hour and just kind of get to know each other. You know, the thing too with Hertz. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you may know better, but when he came in during the COVID year, um, so I think, yep. yeah, so I think that everything in media that he did uh, to start off was was on Zoom. That's a good point, Kev. Yeah, and so you don't get to know like these these guys really, yeah. you know. Um, now, like for example, with Doc Rivers, we all know him, and we get to talk to him in person. Whereas, like early in his tenure, it was just faces on a on a computer screen. It's like, and I they went know. in line. It was like, hey, next question, Jeff McLean. Next question, Zach Berman. It wasn't guys shouting over each other and whatnot. It was like, yeah, okay, that's a good yeah, point. Exactly. This is actually a good question um, from EJ. He says, why does Nick uh, Nick Sirianni do twenty minute interviews with the Colts punter, blanking on the name Pat McAfee? Uh, does anyone local get that kind of access other than the in-house stuff? No, you know, and that's interesting because it's like there's so much competition, there's so many local beats that like if you if you tried to be fair to everybody, you, Jalen Hurts would have to do 40 exclusives with 40 different reporters, right? So that's why they always reserve that stuff for the national media, you know, and then like we're kind of picking up the the scraps for like uh, press conference scrums um, or locker room scrums, press conference. Do the beats whatever. hate that? Do the beats hate that he got – yeah, Pat McAfee got like twenty to thirty minutes with him, and they I can't even get like a exclusive. I, I, yeah, maybe you know. I think there's always like the the thought that like you're being big timed or whatever, but it never really offended me necessarily. I just don't think I I, I came from a different background than other people. Man, when we did the Philadelphia Union beat, there was only four of us there, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like we all so we all knew each other. We all like knew what to ask. We all had a, like a good relationship with Jim Curtin and John Hackworth, and it's like okay, we and and you had a trust. You know, like you could ask like hard questions, but fair questions. I think like when you get the Sixers and Eagles and shit, they're all yelling over each other. They're all just trying to get a question in. It's like chaotic. You know, there's no like real flow to the whole thing. You got like 40 different people are all writing like 40 different stories. You know, so it's like, hey, I got to get my question in. I got to get my quote on this. I got to get my question in, get my quote on this. And it doesn't there's no like natural ebb and flow, you know, so I think that's why a lot of those things go the way they do. I think the Eagles would benefit from and maybe they've already done this. I don't fucking know. But like just get Jalen to sit down with, with some of the, the guys and be like, Hey, let's just get to know each other, like off the record and like understand each other. Like when I ask you a question about your high school thing, I'm not like trying to bring up a loss from the, Steve, the Stephen A. Allen Iverson. They were boys. Yeah. Yeah. The locker room helps with that too. The yeah. locker room was closed and they only reopened, just reopened it for the NFL this year. So now you can go, now you can go sit there and talk to Jack fucking Driscoll at his locker for 10 minutes. If he's cool with it. And like, you just get to know these dudes and get to like understand like Anthony will like speak very high, highly of this. You know, that's like when you, when you're able to meet these guys one-on-one, you have a developed, you develop an understanding with them because like you can, you can never do that in a, in a press conference setting. You just don't have that time with them, you know? Yeah. Well, whoever asked the question about the wing tee should be suspended for one press conference. That's just me saying that. Uh, well, that was a reference right. to the Manning cast shit, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, but, but, yeah. the wing tee question was stupid because it was it was two Manning cast questions. It was a Kyler question, an Earth question, some other question in between, and then we went back to the wing tee. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah right. um, let's get let's get Bob Wankel on here, uh, the baseball bro. I don't Good know if you knew this. Bob. You might not. What's on TV it's in the background? For the, uh, for the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Am I cut? You're frozen again, Pagans. I just see your mouth open. 
We got to get this man a jet, like a jetpack or something. You know, he's uh, Comcast is throttling his internet, Bob, because he's a disgruntled former employee who quiet quit. Yeah, um, I got you clear as day right now. So he dropped off, and we're good. I mean, so he's got to get the what do they call it? Like the lightning speed internet. Yeah, Comcast Xfinity. You know, we'll get we'll get uh, Kyle on the line with Comcast customer service this afternoon, but it'll require four hours. So I'm just going to assume that he's not going to do any blog posts for the rest of the day. Um, but when we get Pagan back, we'll bring him into the show. Uh, Bob, how you feeling about the uh, the Phillies Cardinals? wild card series yeah i'll tell you what i think uh you know i know it's been a little bit of a conversation the last couple of days like who was the preferable opponent for this phillies team was it the mets or was it the cardinals and i think i think it's the cardinals um you know i think that they're going to have to here's here's one i think they're going to have in the first two games i think they're gonna have to do it in in two if they're going to win the series um which which sounds hard to do but I really do think it's a decent matchup for this Phillies team. Zach Wheeler has pitched really well against the Cardinals this season in two starts. Uh, he's been historically very good at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Um, the lineup of, of the Cardinals is really a two-man show when they're going well. It's It really is driven by Arenado and Goldschmidt. Both players have struggled a little bit during the month of September. Uh, they haven't been terrible, but they haven't been Nolan Arenado and, and Paul Goldschmidt. And so – when you look at what the Phillies are going to be throwing in terms of starting pitching, I think it stacks up favorably. And the Phillies have some top-heavy elite-level talent that if, if it plays up to its capabilities, yeah, I don't think that there's any reason that they they can't escape St. Louis with a, with a series win. I mean, that's my initial read on this. Let me uh, ask you a fill-in-the-blanks question. Um, if the Phillies win this wild-card series against the Cardinals, blank, or it will be because of blank, it will be because of their starting pitching. It will be because of Aaron Nola and and Zach Wheeler. Uh, I think it, it really is that simple. Um, St. Louis, I think, has the better bullpen. Um, the Phillies have been so streaky offensively. I don't expect them to win an eight an eight seven game. I really think it does matter. I think it's going to come down below scoring games. I think the, the starting pitching has to deal. And the reason why I say that they probably need to do it in two. It's not reactionary off of what Ranger Suarez did in his his start against Houston. I mean, those games were utterly meaningless, but he was not sharp, and that does give you a little bit of pause. But more importantly, the the Cardinals have been one of the best offensive teams against left-handed pitching all season long. And, you know, if Ranger Suarez is not on uh, and he's not hitting his spots and mixing it up um, and and he's just not on his A game, even if it's his C game, B-minus game, Cardinals are going to take advantage of that. So that game would give me a lot of pause. Hey, Bob, that's a cute little red raincoat you have on. I don't know if you've uh, been out of your bunker lately, but the 10 day rainstorm. Oh, is that the Stangs, the Triton yeah. Stangs? Yeah, that's a that's a track jacket right yeah. there, man. We got a, like a know, variety but... of styles going on here. Pagan's got the droopy white, uh, plain white t shirt. Oh, it's a Water Boys t shirt. I couldn't yeah. see because your hand's in front of it. <laughs> Water Boys t shirt. No, but thanks, Bob, for, for coming on. Sorry that. Uh, I'm becoming a disgruntled employee of Comcast as as we speak. Um, thanks for coming on. The rain has stopped. I don't know if you knew that. I know you've been in your bunker for probably the last 10 days doing promo codes and shit. Uh, you can come out now. Um, if you do two rain jacket, the guy is nice enough to join us on the program. Oh, come on. Right off, the, right off the bat, man. Yeah. All right, come fine. On. Here, let me put my big J journalist hat on. Uh, Bob, obviously the Phillies have a lot of high-level free agent signings. Bryce Harper, JT, Schwartz. Uh, Zach Wheeler, Cassianos. Who's the key guy in this series? Like the Phillies will go how this guy goes. I mean, I think it always, you, you want to say Bryce Harper, like you default to Bryce Harper. He's the guy. This is the moment. You know, this is his time. Kyle Schwarber has been pretty hot for this team lately. He's had a lot of big hits. We've talked about, you know, how he's a clubhouse leader and the glue guy and all of that. And he's the one guy right now to me that, I, I could see like you bring him in for these big moments as well. And we've seen him meet the moment in the past and, and given how he's went down the stretch, I know the batting average isn't always there, but the power production is starting to heat back up for him at the back half of September. And because of that, I, I think that there's a, a decent possibility that he gets some favorable matchups and he rips in this series. So, you know, Harper's the guy that I, I kind of like instinctively want to say, but I think it's probably Kyle Schwarber. Bob, what, um, is it like, my thought is like the, the third wild card 
they're going on the road. They got to play all three games on the road. But I, I don't – there's no pressure on the Phillies. Like, I think, like, at the beginning of the year, it was like, hey, if you just get to the playoffs for the first time in fucking forever, that it's going to be a successful year, you know? So, like, I, I don't do, – do you – do you, do you buy like any kind of like take where it's like, hey, they can play loose. They don't really have you're not going to be in front of their home crowd. I mean, like maybe that maybe there's some kind of maybe you could twist it into some kind of advantage for them. Yeah, I don't think that this like city is expecting a World Series. I don't think that Major League Baseball views the Phillies as a legitimate title team. Um, but I, I will say, I mean, like you have this is an expensive payroll with some pretty established veteran guys like. This isn't the kids making the postseason for the first time, you know? So I, I wouldn't be so dismissive of the fact that there's no pressure. And I think that the the other consideration is that, you know, there's some guys whose whose careers and, and futures, I don't want to say careers, but the futures of their careers are, are sort of hanging in the balance here a little bit. You know, you talk about Reese Hoskins and Aaron Nola. Uh, Reese Hoskins has his final year of arbitration next season. He'll want to get paid. Uh, beyond that and then you know Aaron Knoll is under contract for one more year as well like is this a core that is trending in the right direction or is this a core that is sort of maxed out its potential as is so I think that there's a couple guys who need to sort of prove it in the postseason so I think there's some more at stake for certain individuals than maybe others but I do think they'll come in loose. I, I do think that they're probably in a, in a kind of a, why not us, us against the world type of thing. They'll sell that to themselves internally and we'll see what happens. I just don't think that that's the driving storyline here going into this, into this series. What's your storyline? I think it's, I, I really think it's more about these, these big name, big price players rising to the moment. You know, I know we talked this earlier in the week about, you know, why is one of the reasons this team hasn't been so embraced by the city Yes, previous September collapses, but I think it's really that none of these guys have had those marquee meaningful moments um, and, and they haven't had the chance to in the postseason. This is the first opportunity to do that. So I think really the storyline is can guys set the tone moving forward even beyond this year and really start to build those meaningful, memorable moments that, that kind of catapult them into that elite level category of like, that's a guy I'm going to go out and buy his jersey. That's a guy that I, I want his autograph. That's a guy I'm going to go see because they're worth seeing like Kyle Schwarber hit that that homer to put us ahead three, two in the sixth inning of game two to win the series. Like, I think that that's really the storyline. Can these guys finally create some juice and form a bond with this fan base that's been lacking? Do you think that uh, Schwarber's season has gone trying to think of the right word here? Has it gone like underappreciated? from not not just Phillies fans but like Philly sports fans at large like do you do you think like he's not getting enough pub or enough credit for what he did yeah I didn't know he had 46 home runs yeah uh I I kind of do think that he's been a little bit undervalued um baseball's different these days I mean you, you can hit 217 and still have value and I know People look at Kyle Schwarber's season and they go man like guy was a, a sub 220 hitter like he didn't have a great year but you brought him in here to be a legitimate power threat. And, you know, had he not hit lead off, he would have eclipsed 100 runs batted in, no doubt. Uh, 46, 46 home runs leads the National League. I mean, that's a pretty damn good year. And I think that it kind of coincides with winning now. You know, like I think he he's established himself. That game the other night, Monday night in Houston, I think was a really big first step into becoming like that dude that people love. But you start to get the personality a little bit. You see him in the clubhouse post game, the celebration, big home runs, big power. I feel like he's the guy that's starting to kind of creep into the view of the average Philadelphia sports fan. But, you know, got to do it now. Can I make a couple of just basic observations about the playoff bracket and have you react to, to them or not react to them? Um, sure. The difference between for the Mets and the Braves between winning the division and going to the wild card is crazy because now the Mets have to go through the Padres and then the Dodgers yeah. versus versus getting home field against the Phillies Cardinals winner. Like to me, that is huge. How much of a, of a swing that is based on just a couple games, you know, number two, Houston being the one seed in the AL and having to get the the Blue Jays Mariners winner and then probably play the Yankees. I mean, like that's a tough path for a, for a number one seed over there. Um, that's my second observation. The third observation is that 
it's it's cool to just see the Mariners and the Phils both in there, you know, just some different blood. You know, I mean, they're not probably not going to do anything, but I, you know, I mean, like it's been so long since either team was in there. Like, I think for me, for a casual, that's intriguing just to to that both of those droughts were snapped at the same time. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, the, the Mariners that you're working on 20 years or so at this point, and the Phillies obviously 11, and for both of those teams to snap and get in, it's it's pretty cool. It is nice to have some fresh blood, especially when it's you know the team that you you follow or that you cover. Um, totally agree. I mean, the NL East is crazy. I mean, the Mets had the worst 101 win season of all time. It's crazy, uh, isn't it? They didn't even celebrate after clinching. No, they were the one team I believe in Major League Baseball this season that didn't celebrate their postseason <laughs> spot because it was a totally anticlimactic, and b they they faded in the most important series of the season. You know, it's crazy. Last weekend, the Braves beat them up in a key spot. And uh, it's not like the, the, the Mets collapsed down the stretch. I mean, they played pretty good baseball from June 1st forward. It's just that the Braves were out of their mind. And when you get that series and with everything at stake the way that it was, to have the defending World Series champion just blow you away, you know, the, the Mets kind of go into the postseason limping a little bit. They still have that starting pitching, though. Uh, I, I think the Padres are sort of a fraud. Like I, I really do kind of believe like the Padres are the weakest of the, the, the national league teams in the postseason. Hmm. Um, so that, that being said, like the Mets, I do think are going to get the Dodgers. They're going to have a chance to, you know, right the wrongs here of, of how the season ended. And then Kevin, you know, on the other side of things uh, it's kind of to your, your second point there. The Astros path, I, I think, is difficult. I know a lot of people look at that teams like the, the um, you know, the, the Mariners and they look at the Blue Jays and they're like, ah, you know, they're, they're not that season. They don't have that same power that the Astros do uh, just in terms of overall top to bottom in the roster. But I really like both Toronto and Seattle, and I would not be shocked at all. If, if one of those teams ended up in the ALCS, I, I really do think that they have the, the, the bottom of that bracket um, in the AL. I actually think there could be some like legit chaos. Like I, I would be stunned if the Dodgers or Braves aren't in the NLCS. Um, I would be surprised. I actually expect a little chaos in the AL. This is hilarious. I mean, let me just do one quick follow up here, Pagan. The last time Bob, the Mariners made the postseason. this was their like starting nine or whatever, right? Dan Wilson, John Olerud, John Olerud, Brett Boone, David Bell, Carlos Guillen, Al Martin, Mike Cameron, Ichiro, and Edgar Martinez. And Jamie Moyer was on that team. And too. no Griffey. Yeah. Griffey was already out of there. I, I yeah, I, I guess. Oh, that was. was like the did they win like 110, 114 games that year and then lose to the Yankees? I think that's what that I, was, yeah. I believe so, yeah. And so here's – and then, we, of course, we all know this one. But the last time the Phillies made the playoffs, it was Chooch, Ryan Howard, Chase Ali, Jimmy Rollins, Polanco, Raul Banez, Shane Victorino, Hunter Pence. You know, it doesn't feel like that was 11 years ago. Does does uh, does Ryan Howard show up to St. Louis? He's a St. Louis boy. Yeah. St. Louis product. <laughs> <laughs> I do love – you know, you were asking before about storylines. I mean, I love the fact – I love the fact that the Phillies kind of get the revenge angle. Yeah. It was – it was Pujols and Molina. Like those guys were on that team that ended the Phillies run. And now these guys are coming to the end of their careers and the Phillies here, they are have a chance to kind of, you know, knock these guys out. So it's really, it's, it's pretty interesting the way that this has sort of come full circle 11 years later. Usually when two teams play each other in the playoffs, 11 years apart, there's really no like correlation. There's no connection whatsoever. So it's pretty cool. And I'll tell you what, man, this series, like you talk about, like, do the Phillies have a shot? Are people expecting anything out of them? I tweeted this yesterday morning. You know, the series odds, and Kyle, I have a feeling you're probably going to get to this, but the series odds, the Phillies, you know, uh, come in – I'm sorry, the Cardinals come in minus 140, right? This was yesterday. And if you equate that out to what that looks like in a, in a football game, you know, like minus 140 money line in a, in a football terminology, that's a three-point favorite at home. And that's to win the series. And since I tweeted that in the last 24 hours, it's now dipped down to minus 135. Damn. So you basically are taking the Cardinals to win this series. It's the equivalent of saying that this is a team is slightly favored by less than a field goal at home to win now. Um, the odds makers are telling you that the Phillies absolutely, absolutely can win this series. And, and to that end, in game one, 
Uh, the Cardinals are only minus 115, and the Phillies are minus 105. So, I mean, this is a coin flip game tomorrow. Like, the Phillies are not an underdog here, like in the true sense. Uh, they very much can win this series. And, and you know, I'm pretty negative about the Phillies. I sort of expect them to win this series. We'll see. I do too. I, I think because of the season series and Wheeler just absolutely dominated him during the series and Arenado and Goldschmidt didn't really have that great of a great of great of a uh, success against Wheeler. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what do you think about the times Friday, two Oh seven, Saturday, eight 37, Sunday, eight 37. If necessary, that is going to be a really fun one because we have, well, some of us care Kevin about the union. Uh, then we have the Eagles, obviously at four twenty. People who don't care on Facebook made sure to tell us about it. Nobody gives a fuck about kickball. <laughs> Not gonna be watching kickball. kickball. <laughs> and then we have potentially a seven thirty, eight thirty seven game. What do you think about it? You like the two oh seven start? You like the eight thirty seven start on a Saturday? I know some people are already bitching about it because like, oh, Saturday starts so late. You know, I'm gonna be in bed by the third inning. It's like welcome to playoff baseball. <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if you're going to bed uh, in the third inning of an 837 playoff game on a Saturday night, then like then the, it doesn't matter to you. Like, yeah. sorry, you know. So I, the times don't really bother me. The 207 does sort of suck a little bit. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I mean, if you're at a job, like you, well, you, you, you have to work till 5 o'clock, you're going to miss the Phillies' first postseason game in 11 years. That kind of blows. Nobody's it, working five days a week anymore. But even if you're a kid in school and you get out at 2, 2.30, some schools get out at 3 o'clock, again, like, it is it is what it is. And, and baseball doesn't – they want to isolate these games to some degree, and I get it. So so fine. But that, that does suck that a kid might not get to sit down and watch that first game, at least at the start. That being said, I mean, I get why baseball did it. The Phillies-Cardinals has enough juice where you're not going to go at 1 o'clock. I mean, that's, that's the Cleveland series all day. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought they might go four. I thought they might do the four oh seven game Friday with the with the Phillies. But then if you go with the Mariners Blue Jays at two, you're asking Seattle fans to watch a game at eleven a.m. Which I could make the argument: who gives a shit about Seattle? Play them at eleven a.m. local time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fine. I don't think this is like disrespectful uh, disrespectful to the Phillies by any stretch of the imagination. The last a selfish person. Time. They've been great. Go ahead. That, that- Pig and that Seattle team won 116 games, yeah. and then they lost in five to the Yankees. But Jamie Moyer was three and zero in the postseason that year. So there's your Dave, Seattle. That, that needs to be a Dave stat. What's he doing back there? You know, there's that's a producer, Seattle right? Mariners. Seattle Mariners talk on the Crossing broadcast. Hey Bob, <laughs> what what do you do? You give a shit about Aaron Judge hitting 62? Yeah, um, kind of, because what it does is it allows it allows the people uh, that that are judgmental against all the steroid guys to have like a a champion now. Like it, 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 it totally takes away that like, well, Maris and Bonds, like it gets rid of that comparison and it brings but us he, into a more modern era. He beat a clean guy. It's not like he beat Bonds or Sosa or McGuire. He beat a clean guy. Yeah, like I don't know. So, I mean, I get why. I get why some people scoff at it. Like he doesn't own the record. Um, it's been done by McGuire multiple times. It was done by Sosa three times. Um, I, I get it. I thought it was pretty cool. Like to see a guy in the modern era clean, presumably do it. I thought it was cool to see. Um, but I don't think that anybody's going to embrace it from a national standpoint, truly like the way that, that it probably should be treated unless it's, it's 74, unless you surpass bonds. I didn't like the cut-ins. I'm watching college football on Saturday. Did that really, did that really fucking bother you that much? Like, I actually, when he when he started walking or getting hit by pitches and stuff, yeah, it started to bother me. After I'm watching, uh, I forget who I was watching, but yeah, I was watching, watching somebody. Like, uh, you know, Kentucky Ole Miss on a Saturday. Yeah. Was yes. it really that big of an inconvenience for you? Or there was no because I was I had money on. It was a Friday night game. Fuck, uh, I think it was SMU who was playing or something. I had money on them and they were driving. It was Tulane. It was like Tulane versus Cincinnati or something like that. And I had money on 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 the under. And they were driving and they were going, they were scoring. And I'm watching Aaron Judge get walked on four pitches. If they were breaking into Bucks Chiefs on Sunday night last week, I'd say I get your point. But because you're a degenerate shithead doesn't mean that, you know, <laughs> history can't be de- history can't be broadcast across oh, the country. Kentucky was a great game. We got Will Levis breaking finger. It was a good game. There are some cut-ins though with some of the lesser uh, lesser matchups. Like, oh man, Vanderbilt's on. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I wanted you to, Kev. Do you have anything else on uh, on the Phillies preview? 
No, I don't think so, man. I just like I'm looking forward to it because there's no pressure on them. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. whatever happens, happens. Like if they lose, we weren't really, you know, we didn't expect much. But if they win, hey, cool. Let's let's play the Braves. See what happens. Playing with house money, even though Bob doesn't agree that we're playing with house money. Actually, yeah. as we as we recorded here, I looked down at the lines when we first started. It's now moved to one ten aside. So, wow! The, the late money might actually push the Phillies as to a first pitch favorite uh, bang, by the bang. time this thing happens. Let's get Damn. in on that. Um, we wanted to talk about this, but we didn't get to it before you came on. The whole Bobby Wagner thing of uh, he just blindsided that protester, and now the protesters find a police report right now. Uh, where, where's your whole thoughts on uh, athletes blindsiding protesters? Uh, in general, well, I, I would say I would probably make the argument that, um, what a weird question. I didn't think I'd be answering this today. I know I would make the argument that there's a safety concern. If you, if you trespass onto a field in the live you, game, okay. we're in a, we're in a spot where you don't know what the hell people are going to do. I mean, it's a crazy world, right? You let that guy run, run around, run around. You don't know what that guy's going to do. So if you have the opportunity to take him out, then take him out. Do you think Bobby Wagner saved 60,000 people's lives? I don't, and I don't necessarily think that Bobby Wagner was a hero, but I think if you're going to run on the field and do your thing like that, then get ready to take the hit, man. Can I, give I, do, you a, I do agree with that. Can I give you a comparison? Actually, it's kind of, well, it's kind of grim, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. We like it, heavy metal concerts. Everybody used to jump up on the stage and we used to stage dive. We used to like grab the singer and be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, right? Well, you know, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera was like some guy jumped on stage and shot him. You know, so now they look at it. Now they look at it different and they have like barricades up and some bands don't want you to do that and shit like that. Like Bob to Bob's point, like, you don't know what the hell this dude's going to do. Like on Monica Sellis. Yeah. The words right out of my mouth. Monica Sellis. Yeah. 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 So I I don't like, no, it's stupid. My theory was that they just filed the police report to get more media outlets to write about it and get them to share the picture and get them to put their message out there. That's why when we wrote the story, I didn't write what their protest was. I don't know. Some like, Uh, do you not want me to say who it was? Because I was just going to about to bring it up because they were the ones who did the Timberwolves when they chained themselves to the, uh, okay. Yeah. The same ones who did the Timberwolves one themselves to the floor, glued themselves to the floor. Had yeah. the Bills. Hey, the Bills, hey, let's, uh, we Rams need attention. Game. We need attention. Let's go to a Minnesota Timberwolves game. And Kevin, do you them. feel specifically for you, Kevin, um, yeah. is there anything that you feel so strongly about in your life that you'd be willing to glue yourself to uh, a building or a floor to, to support the cause? Judas Priest. Judas Priest, maybe. Just, you know, IPA. Too many IPAs on the menus yes. at, like, breweries, you know? like Would you go it, down I mean, to Philly Brewing and glue yourself to the hops tree that uh, – or chain yourself to the hops tree that was taken yeah. down? Yeah, but they don't know a lot is actually being used, so they start weed whacking around me, you know, and cut cut down all the hops or whatever. No, no, there's nothing that I feel strongly enough about that that I would like super glue my arm to the to the whatever. But I thought it was I saw the pink smoke and I was like, this is the worst fucking gender reveal I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, <laughs> that what was a joke that was doing? made so much times on fucking. They don't. Twitter. But here's actually a real question. This is actually like a a better topic for another podcast, but. uh we wrestled with this in uh, the news media. Like, do you put these dudes on camera? You know, because Manning cast, they asked the uh, director to go back and rewind and pull that back so they could watch the dude being tackled. But like when you get a, uh, you know, a pitch invader in soccer or whatever, they pull off the the field. Like they don't show it because they don't want to encourage it because they think it's like, oh, if we show these people, it's gonna like make more people want to jump on the field. So they're trying to curb it. You know, it's like like when you have a shooter in a in any fucking situation. It's like, do we put this guy's picture up here? You know what but I mean? The, like, thing, the same kind of questions. The thing with social media now and the fact that everyone has a phone, you'll get that anyway in about five seconds. So yeah. I would say well, it's true. it doesn't really matter. I feel like every time yeah. that uh uh that someone has someone runs on the field at a Phillies game you know, there's something up on social media within the next five minutes. Yeah, that's a good, this is a good point by EJ. You know, if Imagine Dragons ever became even more popular, I would glue myself to the, I would glue my face to the floor. I would glue my ears shut. So I don't have to listen you, to them. Do you not like uh, all the college football intros for the last 10 years? No, I wrote like 10 stories about that for the site. I'm like, why do we have to do Imagine Dragons for the cut for the ESPN college football thing? And then the next year they did like, uh, like uh, Judah, the, uh, the hell's the name of the band? Judah the Lion or some shit like that. My guys, yeah. I was I will, a big and rich guy. I would rather just have big and rich perpetually, you know. So I will, Jeffrey Buchanan. Thanks for checking in. I will accept your LinkedIn request. My fault. Don't go on LinkedIn <laughs> a lot. 
don't really need it anymore now that I write for Crossing Broad. Uh, I didn't did congratulate my wife on LinkedIn. Told, I went on LinkedIn and it said, congratulate uh, Sarah Kincaid on her promotion. And I forgot to do it. I, was, I couldn't figure out how to do it, but I feel bad. I probably should have done that. LinkedIn might be the dumbest website in terms of social media that's going right now. It is yeah. just a bunch of people who do not give a fuck about your promotion, who do not give a fuck about anything you post, who do not care about that you went yeah. to an HR uh, symposium <laughs> and you guys made fucking puppets. And we did, a, really, we did a panel yeah. discussion on like yeah. uh, you know proper media procedures on yeah. unconscious bias. It's like yeah. no, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. I mean, tw- twenty minutes yeah. after you leave that, you nobody know, no nobody from Crossing Broad is going to be invited to any kind of panel discussion in the future anyway. Like, what are they going to have us on? Yeah, um, so Jeff Buchanan, I, I will accept your LinkedIn request, Bob. Real quick before we get you <laughs> off here, I, I know you're. I know we're losing you. Um, no, you're, prob- no, you're probably. No. You're probably doing promo codes right now and being like, when are these jokers going to get me off? Uh, have you have you watched Abbott Elementary? I have not. I see a Fuck. lot of promotion for it, though, but I have I not. I see your former teacher. I didn't know. I just started watching on four episodes in. Pretty good. I mean, obviously, it's an elementary school in the inner city, and you taught in uh, rural New Jersey. I didn't know if there was anything you wanted to take from there that was that you could provide insight. But No, nah, no Abbott Elementary. Is it worth watching? Um, I don't know if it's your humor. You seem more of like a dark... You feel like you like dark humor, good, well-crafted jokes. This is more of like an ABC sitcom that, you know, really makes you feel, makes you laugh, but you also feel the plight of the poor resources that are being dipped into uh, the Philadelphia elementary school scene. That's good. I mean, it's good that there's a little awareness, something positive probably, you know, I like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. You're not losing me. I'm here. I mean, just, you know, whatever. I saw you do. I saw you doze off. I saw you doze off. I, like I, Keith doze off. I was actually checking my uh, phone because I, I thought we were going to talk a little Eagles betting or something. So. We were going to talk Eagles betting, but I, I, I my uh, internet crapped out. So that was the first thing we we're going to do. So, all right, fine. Listen, Bob, you have been handicapping pretty good every time you come on the show. I didn't listen to last week's episode with you and Russ. I just didn't have the time. Sorry. I hope it went well. Um, you've been handicapping pretty good. You had you had the Detroit Lions game to a T. You had the Minnesota Vikings game to a T. So you see this right now. Let me get the line. It's five and a half. Uh, minus five and a half Eagles. The total is at 49 right now. I want to know what you think. This is more questions you were asked about the Arizona Cardinals and Jalen Hurts was yesterday at the press conference. So what do you think about this game? So um, I, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm kind of a dork. So like what I what I do is I always like look at the schedule. Like I bring up the schedule on Tuesday morning or no, Monday morning. And I look at what's happening the next week. And I kind of look at the game and I say, this is what I think the, the point spread's going to be. You know, like what do I expect the spread to be in each of these games? And so I'm thinking like the Eagles struggle against the Cardinals. They've, they've struggled in that stadium in recent years. Um they're kind of probably due for a letdown at some point. And I'm thinking the Eagles are favored because the Cardinals aren't a really good team or haven't played very well this year, but probably favored by like a point and a half, two points, maybe like less than a field goal for sure on the road, no less. And then I see six and I know it's down to like five and a half, maybe even five in some places, but what that's a really strong line. And so then that leads me to believe like, wow, or, are we just getting carried away with the Eagles at this point? Like, are we the last undefeated team, number one in power rankings, which I don't believe they're the, the best team in the NFL. Like I, I would chiefs and Eagles on a neutral field. Like I think the chiefs beat the Eagles. So I wonder like, is that us just getting carried away and overvaluing the Eagles or is it a tell that the Cardinals actually suck? And I think what we usually see with high profile teams that get a lot of exposure especially teams that were in the playoffs the year prior, like the Cardinals, there's this idea that like, wow, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, explosive offense, like they're pretty good. They're just struggling. To me, this line just screams that Arizona truly blows and that the the Eagles probably should beat them up. Now, obviously there's injury concerns for the Eagles, but uh, Arizona has not gotten after the quarterback on a consistent basis this year. Kyler Murray, like there is just something off with, with the way that that offense looks. And I, I really do think that just pure line read, that this is a situation where the Eagles, they, they appear focused. I know you guys talked about Jalen Hurts and his his little press conference thing yesterday. I kind of think they'll go in there and they'll win the game by at least a touchdown. So I would I would continue to roll on the Eagles here. Yeah, you saying that stuff about the line early on, you could have said the same thing about the Jaguars last week. For them to get six and a half against the Jaguars, even before the rain, even before the weather and stuff, I was like, you're, you're crazy. You're crazy to think that, the Eagles are going to beat this team when they're humming. 
uh, by more than six and a half, which they ended up doing. So, you're yeah, a, I would say you're a Jaguars guy too. You say Jaguars. Yeah, too. Jaguars is how you say it. Jaguar. Like I'm not fucking. Uh, who's Alfred? Alfred Bruce Wayne's Butler. Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguars. That's Jaguars. Yeah. What are you? Yeah. What are you? Are you a Jaguar? Jaguars. Okay. Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah, no, I agree. And you got a you got a sucker bet for anybody? Yeah. Uh, so a, a sucker bet. Um, you know, the, I, no, not really. I, I, I looked, I, I tried, but I would tell you that this thing with, you've seen this thing now with like the Eagles where one guy kind of has a quiet week and then he bounces back. So you saw Devonta Smith not do anything week one. And then he had, you know, two good games stacked last week. I think he only had four targets, three catches. You saw that he was cold and wet. And very cold. He didn't love that. Uh, I think we'll probably be in a little bit more of his element here this week. Uh, you know, no, no issues with those things. Yeah, so no, I expect he, to see him get pretty involved again. I believe his yardage is set at 52 and a half. Um, and I would, I would probably take the over on that. And then I guess to your point, like a sucker bet, I know we're going to do like the Zach Ertz, like revenge angle thing, like former team. Uh, Eagles are pretty good against opposing tight ends. I believe that they're actually limiting opposing tight ends to under 40 yards per game on average so far this season. I believe the Zach Ertz total set at 43 coming in. Uh, he had a pretty good game against Carolina last week, a decent amount of targets and catches. I kind of think the Eagles will key in on him, um, and I would expect them to keep him under that yardage total. So I think it's 42 and a half. I would say that taking Zach Ertz to do the revenge thing against his former team is a sucker bet. Somebody has a question here. Over under for Dicker the kicker. Let's set it at one and a half field goals if he if he plays. Yeah, uh, I, I think it is over one and a half uh, or over under one and a half. I, I would. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Eagles team totals 27 points uh, going into this game. So, I mean, that would tell you right there that they should be fairly active. No, the Eagles are really dangerous in the red zone, but you got to figure there's going to be a stall at some point. Here's a stat for you. Jalen Hurts. I'm going to do Pat McAfee one of these. I'm just going to get up and down and, like, be demonstrative on the show. A whole of football, throw a football. Leave this. Who's a dog? Fucking um, dogs. Yeah. They, um, he's, he's really good. I like him. I like him. He's really good at saying a bunch of stuff without saying anything. Yeah. Pat McAfee? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I like him. I want it on record. Jalen Hurts is tied for the league lead in red zone rushing attempts. Right up there with Joe Mixon. Like, there's no other quarterback to be found. Miles Sanders actually isn't far behind. Like, he's got 10. So... I think that's that's kind of like it's funny because I did the story the other day about Miles Sanders like quietly having his best year ever during a career year and people didn't seem to give a shit. They're just like, well, you can just get another guy in the third round, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, running backs have just been completely yeah. uh, just devalued around the league. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. it's been like that for a while now, but I mean, Miles Sanders. I've been very critical of My Miles yeah. Sanders over the last couple of years. He's yeah. been phenomenal. He was absolutely outstanding in that game on Sunday, and you know. Yeah. You talk about like Devontae Smith being mic'd up. I know a lot of it was like funny and, you know, he only had four targets, catches three of them. But like that's not a game where like, man, it's cold and it's wet. And like that doesn't feel like Miles Sanders kind of game, right? Like yeah. Yeah. kind of about him being a little bit more finesse. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was dominant in that game. I was really, yeah. really impressed. Good, man. Yeah. I think it's because he's such an ugly runner. He just doesn't. He doesn't run like a running back. He kind of. He's kind of like a Jay Jai type. I feel like where he stands up a little bit too far for my liking. Like I. I don't know. I just. I think he's a well, really he's ugly like runner. A, he's like a guy who. Well, I mean, early in his Eagles career, it's like oh, he's trying to bounce it to the outside. He's trying to like pick up extra yards and stuff like that. When you think of shitty conditions, like you think of like Legarrette Blunt just bulldozing. Who is a terrible dude who played for the Vikings, then played for the Eagles? Sendejo, Andrew Sendejo, mm -hmm. um, Andrew Pendejo. Um, but they. Uh, uh, th this is my biggest takeaway from that e from the Eagles game. Jalen Hurts, if, if they go on to do something like big this year, if they go deep in the playoffs or whatever the hell, um, the the turning point, like cat, like the thing you got to put on the year end video, like the major play, is him fucking bulldozing his way into the end zone down fourteen nothing. Like those two series of plays, they were it was like first and goal from the sixteen, and then fourth or uh, third and goal from the sixteen, and fourth and goal from like the three. Both times he just put his head down, and just fucking went for it, man. Like that was the manliest Eagles quarterback run, probably since Carson tore his ACL going into the end zone against the Rams. Man, I mean, that manlier was, than Vikings week two. That was a pretty manly run. It was, but just the circumstances around this one—them being in the rain, them down fourteen nothing, them remaining undefeated—like that was really the catalyst that got them back into the game and got the running game going because he just was like bang, bang, quick decision. I see zone here. I'm just gonna fucking go for it. 
You know, like that, yeah. that to me is like when you put the Eagles yearbook together, if like, if they do something great this year, I start with that play. Yeah. It's been uh go ahead, Bob. You got something. Uh, actually, I was going to derail the conversation here real quick. I was just looking down in the comments and uh, I mean, I want to just address, address two things here. Number one, uh, EJM, right? Bob taking Bill Simmons and cousin Sal's bit. I can honestly tell you that I used to read when it was like page two, Bill Simmons, like way back on ESPN.com. That's the last time I've ever read, listened, or watched anything by Bill Simmons. I literally do not give a shit about Bill Simmons whatsoever. I don't care about the ringer. I don't care about his podcast network. I don't care. I have no ability or time or even remote want to, to consume Bill Simmons related content. Russ is the Bill Simmons guy. Yeah, he's like, listen to The Ringer. I listened to 17 hours of this podcast. There's at least four stories here to blog about. Like, I have no time for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Wow, right? Like, Bill Simmons. I, I, Yeah, I don't know. So, I didn't know he did that. I'm going to stop doing what I just did because Bill Simmons does it. Thank you for the call out. Bob going to show up next time he's on here with God bless whoever hating on me sweatshirt like Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah. And then I see, uh, Kevin, you would glue yourself to the floor if it would get Howard Eskin off the radio. Did you know that Howard has too much real estate uh, in your head uh, from yeah. is that APE Films? And then yeah, I was, arguing, I was arguing with that guy all last night and then I just had to block him at the end. So, Oh, you yeah. block people? Well, you know, it's like we have the discussion. We've kind of said what we need to say, and then I don't really need to talk to them ever again. So I just mute them or just ignore them. They usually go away. I don't know about you. You have more followers than I have. So if I ever get yeah. to that mountaintop. That no, I just because here's the thing. We were arguing about the Hertz thing, and I just said it's not about the question you ask. It's about the answer you get in re- return. Well, my no. favorite thing is people think that Missinelli has a lot of uh, real estate in your head, and then people also think Eskin has a lot of real estate in your head, and then people also think Cataldi has a lot of real estate in your head. So you just must have like a like an Evander Holyfield, a hundred and ten yeah. room. I, I don't know how to. Everybody, uh, everybody always says this, and then my response is always the same. It's like we write about the media. I, you know, if I didn't work at Crossing Broad, I would not write about the media. So that's like all. That's the only answer that is. There's also that other guy who thinks that I love Missinelli. I don't know like where that comes from. He's like you're. Mr. Nelly's biggest fan. I'm like, have you re- did you read anything that I wrote about Mr. Nelly over the last like five years? You know, so well, you know, you, I think I think we write about the media. I think you do a good job of bringing a balanced, a balanced viewpoint to things, but you know, people click on those stories. So yeah, when when you write them and it gets crazy interaction, like of course you're mm-hmm. going to continue to to write yeah. those things. But the trolls got to blame their fellow, you know, readers, right? If you think it's shit, I mean, then tell the other people who are reading it. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's like you know. If nobody read the sheet, you would write it, you know? I see Jesse Goldberg chiming in here with a, <laughs> Ross sucks. This is, oh, man. Let's, let's just finish the podcast on something we can all agree with. Yeah, this is a good way to wrap it up right here. Russ sucks. (laughs) Thank you, Jesse Goldberg, for putting a nice little bow on the podcast here. Uh, That is Crossing Broadcast. Thank you to Bob. Maybe he'll get out of his basement with his funny little raincoat on today. Thank you for coming on, Bob. Uh, Thank you to Kevin Kincaid. Uh, Thank you to you, the listener. Thank you to Dave on the ones and twos behind the scenes. I am Kyle Pagan. I will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a great rest of the day. Have a great weekend. Five and over. No